because I didn't want to get in trouble and because I didn't want to lose, you know, pretty much the privileges that I slowly built up with my parents that I let these people get fired. That does solve that mystery. (laughs) (laughs) Dickie, it's your mother. No, you never call me. I mean, I wonder, is your finger broken? Just don't tell my mother. It's your mother. 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 No, you never call me. Just don't tell my mother. Where the hell are you? You are never home. Hello, my family. Welcome back to Don't Tell My Mother. I'm your host, Nikki Levy, and I'm always so happy to see you. How you guys doing? You awake? You doing okay with daylight savings time? Got some extra coffee today? All right, guys, this episode is specifically devoted to the cat lover and the cat hater, of which I have to tell you, I kind of was one before we recorded this episode. Today, we have Liz Mealy, internationally touring comedian. She can be heard on NPR's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Uh, She was on Comedy Central's This Week at the Comedy Cellar and Hulu's Coming to the Stage. Liz just released a brand new book called Why Cats Are Assholes. Now, it explores the history of cats, cat psyches, and the most important pressing question that I've always had, why the hell are cats assholes? Now, I came to her with a little personal problem of my own because my wife brought the cat, Marcel, into the marriage. I brought the dog. And Marcel and I have had, how can I say, a contentious relationship for the last four and a half years. But I have to be really honest. What Liz said about how cats are and how we should kind of like interact with cats changed my relationship with Marcel. I mean, Liz is a comedian and an author, but she was kind of a therapist for me. And I have to tell you, after this recording, I not only respect Marcel and like Marcel, but I kind of, I love Marcel. Here is the wonderful Liz Mealy right after this. Just don't tell my mother. Just don't, just don't, just don't, just don't. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, Liz. Hi, how are you? Liz. Oh, I remember doing my show in a closet. (laughs) I also have a hard out at 2.05. I very much misscheduled myself. Usually hard outs give me anxiety, but 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 that's because I'm not good with boundaries. So that's good. This is a good thing you're telling me. (laughs) I'm like, what does Liz have? Liz, what are you doing, Liz? Trying to get my life together. I'm doing the best I can. I'm moving out and I'm trying to help my roommate get people to fill in. Where are you moving? I'm moving to a different part of Brooklyn, but I've lived with my roommate, Chris, for 11 years. So he's like, (gasps) yeah, he's like one of my favorite people. And I just, I don't want to give him a Craigslist roommate. So this is like a friend of a friend. So like I've cleaned all day. Hence why I'm all sweaty and gross. And (laughs) why are you, why are you moving? Why are you leaving Chris after 11 years? Um, I just, it's 11 years. I want to live by myself. I want to be an adult. I'm pushing closer to 40. I thought it was time. I have a little bit of money for the first time. I'm tired. I I decorate like a runaway teenager. And then also I live my life like a runaway teenager. And I thought maybe I should grow up 
And I want to grow up. I I mean, do I, you want to grow up? Um, in some capacity. Yeah. yeah. Like, okay. I'm I'm actually a very studious okay and organized person. Uh-huh. I just have a career of it's like drug dealers and then comedians. Do you know what I mean? Like, and the, and just, the comedians are above or below the drugs financially very below i should have became a drug dealer like i have so you much respect have. for their work ethic and how much much way more money they make yeah, but, but it, it's it, it's dangerous it's short but it, it is i almost feel like it's the same not the same kind of danger that's being ridiculous but like the same idea that like i don't know when i'm gonna make money i don't know how i'm gonna make money i don't mm-hmm. know i just i do everything backwards and i'm not saying that's gonna change but i would like to do it with more grace and um uh uh adultness. I, I think this is great. Let's backtrack for a second, okay? Um, because I, I want to start this podcast off, um, you know, in an honest way, and I, I think I have to, which is that I'm, I am sorry to say this, and I'm embarrassed to say it, but I don't like cats, Liz. I don't like that's them. Okay. That's no, okay. it's not okay, because I have one. Oh, I have a cat, Liz. That makes and, sense, kind of, actually. Okay. <laughs> okay. And you wrote a book, literally about about cats, I feel like I should like the cat. I didn't bring the cat to the relationship. I brought the rescue dog. Wife brought the cat. But the cat, I, I don't know. Maybe it's that we're too much alike. But we we don't, I don't understand the cat. My book answers all these questions. Um, I, honestly, I, I think you're putting too much pressure on the cat and the relationship. Like, you don't need to do anything. As long as you feed it and scoop its litter, you do not have to have any relationship with this cat. And you will find that you will feel closer to it and you will respect it and it will respect if you If I don't but try? If you don't try. But Liz, that, that goes against every single part of my people-pleasing personality. I, I understand that. And that's why you have a foster dog. Is that what you said? I, well, it was a foster. And now 11 that's why years you later, it's... you rescued a broken, abandoned dog <laughs> and you will forever be best friends. That's not going to happen with the cat. And you have to let that go. You're taking your, your dog like you're taking your mama bear dogness to uh-huh. the do- to the cat. And that's that's why you're butting heads. And that's why you're angry at really? it. Really? I'm serious. This is like real therapy. Let it go. Let me just say, Liz's book is called Why Cats Are Assholes. <laughs> she's, and because she wrote a book, she's an expert. Liz, I'm listening to everything you're saying, and I'm going to pay you half of what I pay my therapist, which oh, is live and scale. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, go ahead. I, I, it's fine. I'll, I'll take, like, candy cigarettes and a hug. Um, I'll give you a hug. <laughs> but, no, I'm, I'm actually being genuinely serious. If you just, if you do the bare minimum, which is, like, be a respectful, you know, uh, stepmom Person. to this cat, you uh-huh. know, Feed it, scoop its litter. You know, if it brushes up against you, give it a little pet. But you do not have to do anything else. And I then don't have to kiss the cat on the mouth. No, no, I, I don't suggest it. Their teeth are so sharp. I was trying too hard. Yeah, I honestly, I'm like Story not joking. Of my life, you just dude. have to kind of let it go, and just you know, I think the more you like, you accept. This is also what I've kind of taught, and it's made me realize the same thing as somebody that is a people pleaser and as somebody that like loves friendship. I'm like, ooh, a friend. Um, like me, like me. Yeah, truly. Terrible. You just have to accept people as they are. Oh, like, God, Liz, no. I know, I know. Are you like a cat? Are you cat-like? Am I a cat? I definitely feel like it. I was at a pool and I, people are like, are you going to get in the pool? I was like, I don't want to. I don't like water. Like, like I, I go on a floaty and I get upset when my butt gets a little wet. I don't, I don't want to be in water. I don't like water. In what um, other ways are you like a cat? Um, I like my You look a time. little like a cat. I do. I have little scares. Um, I know I, you do. I I don't like being touched, or at least an unwelcoming touch. <gasps> yeah, like Liz. I mean, 
once I'm in a relationship and it's like we're lovey-dovey, that's fine. But like until then, I don't I'm not a like with the pandemic, like people not being able to hug or like shake hands and stuff. I loved it. It was some of the best time. So the, the fact that it's coming back is really bumming me. Out. Liz, aren't you Italian? I am. I was raised wrong. I admit that. Um, are my you mom like will admit are you like the black sheep of the family? No, I don't think any of us like being touched. Liz. Liz, what is your love language? Uh, words of affirmation. Okay, so am I, I, but not physical touch. Yeah, touch is like maybe somewhere, like I like, I would say Shit, words of affirmation cat. and I would say like like tasks, like doing stuff for me. Uh, acts of service. Yes. Acts um, of service. But words is like, it's like words and then it's like acts of service and then it's probably like, I forget what the other ones are, like. Touch is probably at the bottom. Okay, so you're you don't like to be touched and you don't like water. Those are very cat like. I know. Why did you write this book? I mean, I was ass. Yeah. But it was one of those things where my manager was like, Would you wanna write a book about cats? I was like, I've been waiting for this email for twenty years. What is your favorite cat joke that you tell? To me, my favorite like one liner kind of thing is I usually have a lot of people that are just like, Oh, how are your cats? And I go, Oh, I only have one and they go, Oh, it feels like many. And I do. I give off the aura of somebody that has five or six, but I have only had one cat. And your cat's name is Pasta, right? Yeah. Is Pasta an asshole? She was for like three and a half years. Like my mom told me not to get a female cat. She was just like, she's like, they're going to be more protective. They're going to be angrier. She was. She was very bitey. She like when she would stay at my parents' uh, animal hospital when I was traveling, they would have like cards on her cage. It's like she swats like she would definitely try to like attack people. She was like having like a baby shark like around you and I hug abused her I was like I I wanted a cuddly cat my mom got a quarantine cat she's like she doesn't cuddle I was like let me teach you you kind of have to be kind of sexually aggressive with not sexually but you do you have to kind of like I would make my cat hug me for five minutes every day wait so you aren't affectionate but you are with the cat yeah I like animals I don't like people Oh, I see. Both my parents are veterinarians. We are I not know. people. We're going to get to that. Believe me. Oh, believe so, me. So so for me, this it's is like my every favorite day, call of the month. Yes. Yeah. I would come home every day after school and I would hug my cat. She'd be like, I don't want this. I don't want this. And I would just do that. And then somewhere around <laughs> three and a half, she'd be. And my mom is like, when she stays with my mom now, she's like, why aren't my cats cuddly? I was like, you didn't do the work. Okay. So your mother and your father are both veterinarians. Yeah, they just retired, though. They retired in November. They sold their practice. Um, so it's funny because my cat's been really sick. So I had to call my dad at yeah. midnight when she first got <gasps> sick. because I was like, oh, do I have to go to the emergency room with her? Because, like, she's really sick. And and he helped me. And I felt bad at first. I didn't want to call my dad at midnight. And then I was like, he doesn't have a job. Like, what am I? <laughs> He's home. He's there. So were your parents, were they working all the time when you were a kid? They oh, yeah. Out? So, yeah. So they so my both my parents owned. So my mom had an all cat clinic that she <gasps> owned and worked at. And my parents had a, a cat and dog practice that they owned. and He worked at. So both my parents had practices and both my parents worked. And then they also had five kids. So my parents were always working. We always had like babysitters. And then when we were older, we were the babysitters. So I I mean, my mom always says I raised my little brothers. And then I tell my brothers, I'm so sorry. I was nine. <laughs> I did the best I could. <laughs> Look, maybe that's why you don't 100 percent want to grow up because you did you did the adult thing at like 100 percent. I actually really think that's what it is. And did you get to party? Did you get to have fun as a kid or were you? Constantly. I did. I did party, but I was extremely responsible. It was like a responsible, irresponsible person. And then also um, it was to numb out. It wasn't to like have a good time or connect. It was I'm so stressed 
and I feel so uncomfortable and I have so much anxiety. Now I know that's what it was, but then it was just like, I need to turn off. Okay. Well, you are telling me a story today. Um, Usually I know so much about it, but I'm just, I, I love to be surprised. So this is actually a joy for me. Yeah. Liz, tell me everything. This is a story about when I had a party when I was 15 and it got completely out of hand and bad things happened. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Okay, so my parents didn't travel a lot, but they would have, so like with any kind of job, whether you're a teacher or a doctor, whatever, you have continuing education. So they would have to go to these seminars. Uh So I think they were called AHA, not the band. It was like America's Animal America Health Association, something like that. So they would go to these meetings a couple times a year. So they went away. And so I had my three girlfriends I was friends with in high school, and then we made friends with all these punk kids in Princeton. So I grew up right outside of Princeton in New Jersey. New Jersey. And think of, like, real punk kids, like mohawks and green hair. And, and this you know, is what, like like the 90s we're talking? Ni- yeah, 99 to 2000 yeah. is when I was, like, I was in high school, 99 to 2003. So, so they were our friends. My dad would, like, drop me off in town. He did not enjoy that I was with these people. But at the same time, they were, like, <laughs> I, was, I was so responsible he really couldn't... Um, he didn't, he didn't have any ammo. And he so, wasn't home very much, so he needed to. Yeah, and I was the one that would take care of the kids, and I had one day off. So, like, my parents would have one day where they would have, like, a date night, and I would have a day where I had to watch the kids, and then I would have one day off. And the, eventually, um, I negotiated that I could have people over. If I was watching the kids, like, I could get pizza and I could have friends over because I, like, didn't get to, like, socialize as much. So, so they went out of town. I was watching my brothers and, my brothers and sister or whatever, and so my friends are like, we should have a party. And I was like, sure. And I'm not thinking much of it. I know these kids that we hang out with, our friends like that are in Princeton, and it's my girlfriends. I'm thinking it's all of like eight people. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing was that I watched my brothers. I take care of them. They go to bed, and then we would hang out in the living room and have this party. So almost like a movie, um, people hear that there's a party at my place <laughs> and people from my high school. Now, keep in mind, these punk kids aren't from my high school. I just have like three girlfriends. These people, word gets around and people from my high school start showing up at my house. And I'm not in, I don't feel like now I know how bad my anxiety was, but like I was already anxious drinking and doing drugs when I did it at another person's place. Now my siblings are sleeping. It's my home and I'm not, like I'm not drinking. I'm not even doing drugs. I'm not like, I, I'm just I remember there was a quote. Somebody threw up on the carpet and it was like 4 a.m. And they're like, what are you doing? I was just like, I'm I'm cleaning up. And they're just like, but I'm still rejecting. I was like, stop rejecting where I've cleaned. I'm like, like I'm like yelling at people. <laughs> but I was no joke, like cleaning up messes around my friends as they were partying. But like I said, at some point, more people from my high school started coming. And you were not participating at all in this? Barely. I might have had a drink here and there. I was more a pothead. I actually didn't really enjoy drinking. It was like last 
possible thing I would do if there was nothing else. So I might have had a drink, but not enough to get drunk because I felt so responsible. And like I said, when I felt responsible, I didn't I didn't partake. So I was just monitor, mon- monitoring this party, <laughs> trying to make sure nothing got broken or whatever. But my friends are batshit. Like they're just drunk in chaos or whatever. And I'm like, be quiet. My brothers are sleeping. And um, at some point, these high school kids come over. I think my friend lets them in. And I'm telling my friend, I was like, I don't want them here. I don't know these people. They're sitting on top of the table. They're drinking. And it's becoming a little bit like this, like, cliche high school party where people are in different rooms and I'm like my brothers are asleep upstairs I don't know these dudes and I'm getting really frustrated so I think around probably midnight I kick people out like I kick Mm -hmm. almost everybody out except Mm -hmm. for the people I know and then maybe the next day or two days later I find out that somebody stole my dad's (gasps) power my power like chainsaw he stole his chainsaw and maybe a lawnmower. I can't remember. From, but he, from where? The shed? The garage. Because that's the thing is it started having more and more people. People are in different rooms. I can't monitor. And you didn't know most of these assholes Not showing anymore. up. Like I knew them in the sense that I knew them in the hall, but I didn't really have friends in high school. So I was going to ask you if, if you were if you were popular. Like, was this like? Oh, not at all. I was really quiet and I was really sad. I cried a lot in class. I was a I was a real bummer. Oh, uh, Liz. So the yeah, sad was, kid was having a party and they were like, let's go. Yeah, well, people don't care. They just hear that there's drugs and alcohol. Of course they don't care. Monday morning, there's buzz all around the hallway that this guy, Oscar, who was just like a troublemaker kid, had stolen my dad's, like him and a couple other people stole my dad's power drill. And um, is that the thing that, what's the thing that you pull back and... Chainsaw. Thank you. Sorry. A chainsaw. Yeah. yeah. So stole his chainsaw and like stole some other equipment from the garage and they threw it off <gasps> uh, a bridge and watched it like break in pieces. And I was like, what? So I hear this and I'm like, what the fuck? So then I run home. I look for my dad's stuff and it's not there. And that is that shit is so expensive. They threw it off a bridge. Yeah. So they stole my dad's what stuff. fucking idiots. Threw it off a bridge. I find out days later when I'm at school and I'm freaking out because how do you even explain this so then fast forward maybe like a couple weeks later my parents hired would hire people to cut their lawn and 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 stuff like that gardeners and and they see that stuff is missing and they believe that they stole it and i never told them the truth it's actually one of the biggest shameful things i've ever done which is these people got fired and accused of stealing stuff and it was 100% my fault. And Liz, I never told my parents. Would you share it with your mother? I will. Can I tell you something kind of funny? Yeah. So my, my mom, I had to talk. To, I've been talking to my mom every day about my cat. And so I was FaceTiming her. And she was just like, she's like, I feel like I might know the story you're going to tell me for the podcast. And I go, really? I really don't think you do. And she goes, I feel bad because if I know it, I'm not going to be surprised. And I was like, I really don't think you do. And I was like, what do you think it is? She goes, your father told me recently that you got caught naked with a boy <laughs> when you were 17. And I go, one, I had no idea you didn't know about that. What? Like, my dad walked in on me, like, naked with a guy in my room when I was 17 years what old. What do you mean naked? Like, having sex? Did, we didn't have sex, but we were there, He we walked were naked. in on you? Yeah, I was 17 years old, and he walked in on me. That's and horrible. I was like, Horrible. Yeah, it was absolutely horrible. My dad drove the boy home. <gasps> he was like a, yeah, drove him home. After he saw did, his tushy? Yeah. Jesus. And then 
we had a talk. He gave me the sex talk, clearly too late, dad, and then did not talk to me for months. So my mom was like, is that the story? And I was like, first of all, it's not. Second of all, I had no idea you didn't know. Like, I assumed dad told you. And then now I'm like, I'm like, well, mom, I don't, I, I hate to break it to you. I've had sex before. <laughs> like, but that's like, what's funny about it is I'm not embarrassed. Like, I'm like, clearly I was sad and it was a horrible time in my life and blah, blah, blah. But that what I'm going to share with her today, I am actually way more ashamed of than that. Like, that doesn't... And I don't think my mom would care about that either. But that is... Clearly how, she that doesn't. is... Fathers should never... That's just like... Oh, it's I don't even. I don't even want to tell my father I have a period. And I'm like yeah. 40. Like, yeah. I can't. It was horrible. And what's even more upsetting is this is the story he told her recently. I was <gasps> like, Dad still remembers? I blocked no! all of that out. No! <laughs> I was like, that's all gone. All right. Let's call your mother. Terry, you there? Mom. Why is there music? Oh, no. <laughs> Why do I hear music? I, I'm, I'm going to tell you. So go to your iPhone. I never even play music. It's okay. Mom, mom, it's okay. It's so fine. You got it? Yeah. Uh, first of all, your hair look, you're, you're not fired. Your hair looks amazing. You look beautiful. Your hair looks amazing. But I, I have to say, I love just a woman screaming, there's music. <laughs> there's music. <laughs> I didn't wreck anything, did I? No, <laughs> not at all. Terry, I am so excited that you are a veterinarian. Am I? Is it veterinarian or veterinarian? Veterinarian? Either one will do. What do you say? Veterinarian. I, I'm not even sure I could say it or spell it anymore. But <laughs> veterinarian. Oh. Veterinarian. All right. Now, are you a cat or dog person? Be honest. I'm a cat person. Damn it. Sorry. She had an all-cat clinic, Nikki. Come on. Here, But here's the important question, Terry, because Liz wrote this book, so I have to ask you, are cats assholes? Are they assholes? Yes. And a, as a veterinarian, did I say it right? Yeah, now I know how to say it. <laughs> They were very difficult, and that's what I like. They wouldn't take their medicine. You couldn't pill them. You couldn't put it in their food. They wouldn't eat the food. You couldn't do a diet change. They were so, so difficult. And they just do everything, you know, just to be difficult. <laughs> and, and I just like kind of love that. Speaking of difficult behavior, Liz told me a story today from her youth that she is fairly certain you don't know. But Liz, you, you, you feel like 20 years later, it's okay to share. Because it's been a it's been a minute. Yeah, I, I'm still embarrassed. Like I didn't <laughs> want. Like I feel like my mom's gonna be disappointed in me. But are you easily disappointed? No, she's a cat person. She expects nothing. No. <laughs> also, I was a teenager. As my mom was talking, I was like, I was like, cats are just teenagers. Like it's not what you want. It's but it's what you have right now. I wasn't a great teenager. You weren't. I was helpful, but I... I yeah, oh, she was very helpful. So whatever she did, it's okay. If she Aww. killed a man, it's, it's okay. <laughs> Can you imagine it's on a podcast? <laughs> so I'll tell you what happened. Basically, you went to like some aha meeting or whatever, and I was watching the boys, and I had a party, but it was supposed to just be like the girls and some friends from um, from town, like all the guys that we hung out with. And it started out that way and was fine. The kids were sleeping. Everybody was fine. They were kind of like drinking, but whatever. And then word got around that I was having a party and a bunch of guys and a bunch of people came over to the house. 
that I didn't know. Like, I knew them because I went to high school with them, but I didn't know them. So then everybody was in different rooms and it became this party. And I was like super stressed out. And I'm like cleaning. I wasn't even drinking or having a good time. I'm like cleaning. Somebody threw up. I was like, (laughs) stop rejecting where you threw up my parents. Like, I was insane. I was like not having fun at all. And then I kept telling Amanda, I was like, get these people out of my house. I don't want this. Like, this was just supposed to be us and a couple of friends. My, My brothers are here. So she gets everybody out. And then the next um, the next day, rumor goes around that a bunch of guys stole a chainsaw and some other tools of dad's and they threw it off a bridge. And then I remember weeks later, dad not being able to find it and accusing the people that mowed our lawn and firing them. And I found out a couple of days later, clearly, that it was these boys. But I never told you or dad that it was because I had a party and because a bunch of boys came over and stole it and destroyed it. And to me, I think what I'm most ashamed of is people lost their job and their image was tarnished because of teenage debauchery. But I still think about it sometimes that like, like I didn't because I didn't want to get in trouble and because I didn't want to lose, you know, pretty much the privileges that I slowly built up with my parents that I let these people get fired. So she never told. So I never told you. Did you do you remember? That does solve that mystery. (laughs) I don't know if he actually fired them, but they were, like, accused. Yeah. Definitely. I don't think we even called the police or anything. No, I knew that. I think if the, I think if, I think if it went really far, but I remember him accusing people, and I said nothing. <sighs> and I was, like, so ashamed. I, I do now remember that. I mean, <sighs> that, that, you know, I, I never thought a lot about it, that, you know, we just thought of, we left the garage door open. Someone came in or, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't my power tools. So. <laughs> <laughs> and knowing my husband, it could have been misplaced. So it wasn't, you know, you really, I don't think anyone could be called. But now that she she talked about it, she she brings it back. And I do remember like that, <sighs> that mystery. Yeah. I felt I think terrible. he would be more upset. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it would actually really, if you want to hold that on me, if you want to hold that over me. You call your dad. Dad. Oh my God. This, this is don't tell your mother. I would never tell this to my father. You wouldn't tell him? I don't know. If my mom tells him, it's not a big deal. But I, I am quite ashamed. Is there anything tangible that if that if one of these kids stole from you and then threw over a bridge would really piss you off back then? So the, the thing that would have, <laughs> it, it would be something very sentimental. Yeah. Did you do anything wild? When you, when Liz was alive or before Liz was alive that she, that you want to share with her? I know you're a cat person and an introvert, but I still believe you have a wild side. Yeah, I I do. And I I do. I thought I was going to take it to my, my grave. (laughs) I'm sure a lot. I mean, I had a lot of, let's say in college, sexual adventures. Yes, that's so cool. Good for you. Absolutely. I mean, going like to a hotel. I mean, it was when I worked at this humane society. It was like the first time that I was out in the world, and and there was. I mean, it's to me, it's to me, it's probably not even a big deal anymore. Yeah, I, I would think. But I, you know, it was almost like once I had one, I had sex. I was in my twenties. I wasn't married. Yeah, and once that happened, it was like, well, this isn't a big deal. So yeah. that would just sit and seem like what's one guy versus two guys versus yeah, 
20 guys. No, no, it was, it was under a handful, but, but, um, I don't think you need to take that to your grave. I think, I think you mean, you mean that you were with men before your husband? Yeah. Cause what it was, it was the sixties and people still look down on that. Right. Seventies. Yeah. And it, and it looked like, you know, like there was a slutty period. Good for you, mom. If it makes you feel better, most of my girlfriends have also gone through a slut phase. So you did a great job. Liz, you must have gone through a slutty period. I actually never did. Liz, really? No, I did comedy. My my slut period was just doing too many shows and being a workaholic. <laughs> well, I love to end every show with each of you guys telling each other what you love most about each other. Oh, I love that. Um... My mom is the funniest person I know. Like, whatever people enjoy about my comedy, I got from my mom. And sometimes I forget, but, like, my mom will pick me up from the airport or something, and she's, like, ranting. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm just doing a version of my mom. (laughs) My mom tells the funniest stories. She's the perfect kind of crazy. And she just has a wonderful heart. So even when she's just being, like, all crazy, she's she's got a good person. So she's funny and a good person. You can't Mm -hmm. can't do better than that. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't judge you. Yeah, my mom doesn't judge me. Mom, what do you love most about Liz? Um, I, again, just the best person I know. I mean, you would want Liz as a friend. I mean, she's she would give the shirt off her back, even if she didn't have a shirt. And I think she's just this wonderful, caring person. And... I think anyone who has her as a friend is so lucky. And as a mother, like I said, I, I almost think she couldn't do anything wrong. Oh, my God, you guys. You know, I, I told her when I go, like, you know, for my one son, Sam, mm. that I trust her to do the right thing. Mm. And that she's in charge. If I die, please don't let anyone bury me. Please have me cremated. Oh, yeah. No, we know that. I'm going to you're going to be on the shelf. I already have a shelf for you, mom. <laughs> mom on the shelf. <laughs> Or a plant, or <laughs> doesn't want to be a plant. Or if I'm dying, I know Liz or is suffering. She would be the one that she wouldn't want to do it, but she would crush the morphine in the Jello. Yeah, I would do that oh. for you, mom. And, and and I wouldn't trust anyone else. I would think they have you know this bad side. Ulterior motive. I know it, it's out of pureness, and I, I know she's not a saint. But I'm telling you, for her, I can't remember anything that she did. That would make you know embarrass me or or you know. And I tell and I tell dick jokes on stage. <laughs> <gasps> oh, Terry, thank you for being here. Thanks for taking time away from the cats. Yeah, it's 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 always fun. Now I'm kind of embarrassed that I'm a mess, but you're not oh a my mess, mom. Oh my, you're like a cat version of a mess. You're like it's yeah. like a tepid mess. A dog would be like, "What is it covered? I can't cry." Oh, it. Um, I love you guys. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you so much. If it's not one thing, it's, it's your, your mother. mother. Thank you for listening, my fam. Do us a favor. Subscribe to Don't Tell My Mother wherever you get your podcast: Apple, Spotify, CastBox. And leave us a five-star review. It really helps us get this podcast out to more and more people. We love you. Thank you for being part of this wonderful community. And remember, our moms know how to push our buttons because they're the ones who installed them. Mwah. Don't Tell My Mother is created, hosted, and executive produced by Nikki Levy, my daughter. The show is executive produced by John Cryer. Oh my God, I love him. And Lisa Joyner and Jody Zuckerman-Weiner at Discount Sushi. 
Our producer is Liza Glukoft. Co-producer, Andrew Congdon. Mixed and edited by Donovan Bullen. Theme song by Donovan Bullen and Joe McKenzie. Distributed by Acast. Now go call your mothers. Just don't, just don't, just don't. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.